Hi out there. I'm Pat Pauley, and I'd like to welcome you to my show, Artbeat Northwest. Each week, we talk with someone from the Pacific Northwest in the visual arts or the performing arts. And also, we talk about events coming up here locally. And today, Leslie Jane, artist extraordinaire from West Seattle, is here. Now, Leslie is known for her sculptural installations, especially in West Seattle, but really all over Seattle. I counted 21. She didn't even know how many she'd done. Uh, And her imaginative paintings and her cast glass and, in the past, wonderful, fine, gold, uh, single-piece jewelry. She's just worked with everything. Her solo show of abstract paintings has just opened at Brace Point Pottery in West Seattle. Welcome to the show, Leslie. Thank you, Pat. We're so happy you could come in. But before we get started, let's talk about some great events coming up here locally. And uh, I have to talk, I talked about this last week, but I have to talk about it again because... At the Fifth Avenue, Mrs. Doubtfire, the musical based on the 1993 film, will premiere in Seattle. That's this November through December. And why am I talking about it? Because I just heard it's already set to open on Broadway in New York in 2020. Isn't that amazing? So if you get your ticket now, you'll be you'll be the first ones to see this premiere of a show that's going to open on Broadway. How fantastic. Um, Anyway, starring in in, uh, the Seattle uh, and the Broadway uh, show will be Beetlejuice star Rob McClure. So that's going to be great. And the Tony nominee will play the part played, of course, by Robin Williams in the film. So get your tickets now. A great, hilarious, family-friendly musical for the holiday season. How exciting to know that this locally developed musical will hit the Broadway stage, of course, after you have seen it in Seattle. Performances begin November 26th in Seattle, and tickets are on sale now at fifthavenue.org. So we all got to go see it. In visual arts, coming up November 7th at IMA Gallery is a show of new work by Larry Calkins. Mixed media painter and sculpture. His preferred mediums are uh, somehow linked to the past. There's something about Larry that is, his art has this uh, almost primitive look, but not really. And I'm taking a course from him, and I just think he's wonderful. His sophisticated and caustic works reveal a fascination with history and his own ancestry and origins in rural Oregon. His appealing works are collected worldwide, so you've got to see his show. It's called Middleside, and again, at the IMA Gallery, runs uh, until November 30th. So it opens November 7th, runs till November 30th. We'll be back shortly with more on Artbeat Northwest with Leslie Jane. Support for Artbeat Northwest with Pat Polly comes from Pratt Fine Arts Center, offering year-round classes for youth, teens, and adults. Located in the central area, Pratt is the only facility in the Northwest where absolute beginners and established professional artists 
work side by side, creating art in glass, metal, stone and wood sculpture, jewelry and metal smithing, painting, drawing, printmaking and mixed media. Learn more and register for classes at Pratt.org. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150KKNW. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. We're here talking to Leslie Jane about her sculpture and 2D art, but also uh, which she is now emphasized, emphasizing her contemporary art pieces, and her new show is on at Grace Point Pottery. And, of course, Grace Point Pottery just opened a gallery, and so she is showing her... Uh, what she's interested in right now, which is her abstract paintings. Why don't you talk about your paintings a little bit, Leslie? I'm um, yes, thank you very much, Pat. I am painting with acrylics and um, media, multi-mediums. I paint on papers and I add papers to my paintings. They're uh, anywhere from 18 inches square to three feet square. I'm not using too much in the way of objective imagery. Uh, sometimes there's none, none at all. But what I hope to have happen is that the people, when they look at the totally non-objective imagery that's on there, they find things that speak to them. So my work has got to do with making connections with the art and the people viewing it. And by keeping the identifiable imagery out of it, I'm hoping that they will see images that relate to them. Interesting. Anyway, if you go online and see her art or... Hopefully, go over to Brace Point Pottery and see the art in the gallery. Uh, it is very colorful and very wonderful and very contemporary. I think uh, it would look good on a lot of walls. <laughs> but um, how would you describe your approach to art? Well, it depends on what kind of art it is. When I'm doing my painting, the approach... It's very loose. I start with pretty much only a palette. So I'll lay out different colors that I think I'm going to be working with. That'll change completely before I'm ever done. But that's what I start with. And I, 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 do a, um, I respond to my marks. So I'll put marks on my canvas, and then I'll respond to those marks. And it's kind of a conversation with myself and the, and the canvas going back and forth. And then the imagery starts to form. I work in many, many layers I would say probably 20 or more layers are completed before the painting is done. Oh, wow. I put things inside the layers. You know, there'll be papers that I've painted on. Oh, I just finished the pajama series. I had this pair of pajamas I adored, <laughs> and I wore them out. <laughs> and I put them in the rag bag, and then I didn't get rid of them. So then I took them in the rag bag to the studio, and then I still didn't use them. So I finally pulled them and cut them up. I put them on some paintings. And uh, that was lots of fun. All those paintings sold, by the way. Uh, the So I just I just... It's a you must have had your spirit in them. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But there's, it's, it's an adventure for me, and it's a, it's a discovery, and uh, it's problem-solving, and I just have a passion for it. How wonderful. Now, growing up, how did you discover your passion for art? It was just there. I, I'm, I've always been passionate about, about creating, about making and creating, and... and um, I like to find, I like to do something that ends me with a product. A, uh, I, need, I need something to hold in my hand afterwards. So for me, art was fantastic. That's great. Now we got to talk about some of the other kinds of art you have done because I think uh, Leslie's history is just in, 
incredible for <laughs> what she has done. Now, tell them how you started out with uh, sculpture with uh, a gold pieces. Well, um, as I got to the age where I needed to support myself, which was pretty young in my case, but I, I decided that I needed to be doing how I was going to bring income in. And I wanted to remain in the arts, which isn't a very reasonable thing to consider as a career for money. So I decided to become a, a jeweler. And I took all the courses and became a graduate gemologist and, and started, uh, built myself a, a full shop. And I did goldsmithing. I did one-off pieces for people all over the country, really. And it, it's, I did that for about 38 years. That is amazing. Now, how did you transfer that into these wonderful, huge projects that you have done that really, uh, really enhance the West Seattle experience? <laughs> they are fabulous. And how did you transfer your art from working in these small gold pieces to working in these really quite large installations with all kinds of different materials uh, they the the they grew together they grew alongside each other and working in small fine jewelry is a very similar process to casting bronze to fabricating um, metal pieces to planning uh, anything made in metal has to be planned in great detail in advance at least the kind of stuff I did otherwise you get to the end and you can't install it or you get to the end and you can't put it together so it takes a lot of planning to do either, whether it's very small or very large. So whether I'm casting glass or if I'm casting bronze or casting gold or if I'm fabricating anything, all the fasting has to be figured out. It's, it, was an easy, it was an easy walk alongside each other. It's not really an easy walk. I can't believe that, that you were able to transfer your knowledge from metal to glass to mosaic to all of these things, and coordinate these projects. Uh, folks, you got to go online and <laughs> see all of her community projects that she's done. What, what were some of your favorite projects? Oh, I'd say every one of them really is. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I, you know, there's, there's the initial excitement of starting it and, and working through the designs and building the community, and that's really fun. Then there's the slogging through section where, you know, the permitting or the approval of the, the whoever it may be, if it's a corporation that's that's buying it or whatever, there's that. And, the you know, there's the agency approvals also. Then there's the making of it, the actual making of it. And that's that's the real pleasure for me. That's the passion part. To me, that seems like the really hard part, but it sounds like to you, just getting it going is, is the hard part. And so many projects uh, and so well coordinated, like, well, uh, one of hers is Luna Girls, which, why don't you talk about that sculpture? Because I think that one is something pretty much everyone around here has seen. And it's these nine-foot-tall women. Uh, well, dressed talk in about how that... Nine-foot-tall women dressed in bathing suits overlooking Elliott Bay. They, um, they're made, um, cut out of thick, inch and a quarter thick slab steels. They were 12-foot long slabs that we used to cut. I had them cut down in uh, Georgetown, and they represent West Seattle 100 years ago, and they're greeting 100 years into the future. So Luna Park, people might be aware of, unless West Seattle people certainly are, was on the point, the Duwamish Point, and it was a, in 1913, it was a very 
festive and almost scandalous uh, a place across from downtown Seattle or Seattle at the time where people could come and it was open 24 hours. People would drink into the wee hours in the morning. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it was quite, it was quite, um, quite notorious. Uh, so the, it's from that time of, of people celebrating and partying and having, you know, honoring their beaches and their, their bathing areas. And it's so great that you have researched all this history and then created now, and you made that out of slabs of steel. How does that relate to casting gold? I don't even see that. But well, that's anyway. the fabricating part. Oh, the fabricating <laughs> yeah. part. And then, of course, she really thought of the scenery around because uh, there are so many open spaces in this sculpture. Yes, that 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 sculpture is meant to um, be in a view area. So, it, and one doesn't want to put something thick or wide or broad viewing. You want to be able to see through it because this this overlooks down overlooks the LA Bay and the city of Seattle Skate behind it. So a person can e- it's like lines drawn in the air, and you can either look at the sculpture or you can just with a little shift of your focus be looking at the view behind it. So it's kind of meant for a view area. It's, it's tricky to design for that, but it, um, it's either there or not there. It's kind of how you decide to focus your, your eyes. But you thought about it ahead. Oh, yes. So, you know, <laughs> that's great. And then, I don't know, I saw pictures of people crawling on it. I'm not sure. It's got to be pretty darn sturdy. They can't hurt it. You know, you know, to enable people to, you know, take pictures all over it, people all over with people all over it, you know. And then, of course, you see the people and the and the landscape and the seascape and the sculpture all at once is quite a quite a scene. Now, you also have done so many other sculptures, but one of the ones that really impresses me is the one, the weather one. Weather watch? Weather watch. Oh. Uh, and because you thought of so many things, why don't you, I, why don't you talk a little bit about that sculpture? Because it's, it's just a, a kind of a fascinating thing to discover in, in West Seattle. Is this the one that's on the waterfront across from La Rustica? Yeah, and it has... Sure. Uh, that was my very first project. Um, I didn't even know I was actually going to do that project in a way. I created that the idea of that project myself and um, took it through all its, its process. It was going to, going to originally be just kind of a renovation of the site. The site was abandoned at the time. It was owned by the city, and the city would park their um, equipment on it. And I lived in the area a few blocks away and walked down there, and I decided that, you know, if we don't claim this as a community, it's going to be sold. The city will sell it. You know, they'll make a lot of money on it. Condos will be built. They'll be gone. And now Leslie has been a community activist in acquiring and, and of course, putting sculpture in all of these parks. And you're, I think you're just a superhero for West oh, Seattle. Darling. You're <laughs> darling. <laughs> anyway, but go ahead and talk about the weather sculpture, your first one. That is is so lovely. Well, it has um, it has a, a, a patio area on it that's got set in the bricks. This is one of the ways I funded people. This is one of the early projects where people put their names on bricks. I think it was the second one in Seattle. And uh, people put their name on the brick and the year that they or their family came to West Seattle. So that became very personal to the community. And then it has a concrete bench on it with a six-and-a-half-foot-long bronze relief map of the Olympic Mountain Ridge as seen from that very site. So, and, the, and each of the, the um, mountains are named and their elevations. So you can locate the, the, each of the mountains in our Olympic Mountain Ridge from that site. Now, that is such an educational thing. Wow. Here it is, right here. This is this mountain. All the mountains 
And then you take your kids there. Now they know where all the mountains are. So fabulous. That's not all. There's lots (laughs) of other things on that side. People do like to make rubbings of it. There's also a column in that little patio area, and the column has in it um, descriptive panels, and one is descriptive panels of weather and all the ways we can read weather, the folklore about weather, and how to, oh, it's also got a a, a compass on it for um, locating the time. And then it's got... uh, Got clouds. History, it's got clouds, how to read the weather by clouds, and folklore about how to read the weather, you know, like when the sun does this or when the moon, there's a circle around the moon type thing. Another side, it has got the history of that very particular site. There's actually a photograph of, of servicemen home on leave during World War II on that site having a picnic. There's, um, there's also Indians on the beaches in that area in the late 1800s, early 1900s, doing weavings and things like that on those very beaches right there. And then on one panel, it's got a history of the project, how it was all funded, who worked on it, uh, you know, all the different involvements and who what the neighborhood was at the time. And I think it's so wonderful that you've included all this history with everything. But Leslie is proud to be an actual, ta original resident of West Seattle. Very rare these days, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so... She has a really vested interest in making her community special. Oh, West Seattle's amazing. West Seattle is so beautiful. There's, there's not a road you can go down where there's not a stunning view or beautiful trees. It's, it's a very, very special place. And everybody's got to go there because, you know, if you're even on the east side, you just take the bus downtown, hop on that foot ferry, go over to West Seattle, and they even have a bus that'll take you everywhere, but we just walked everywhere. You can walk right up the beach and see a lot of sculpture and, of course, the beach and people watch and lots of nice restaurants. And Yeah, people um, come from all over, not just the city. They come from all over the region to go to Alki Beach. And I know that's mm-hmm. true because and all, when I was there, there were actually a lot of foreign visitors yes. that were coming over on the ferry. Uh, as well as people from all, all over the state and the United States and whatever, because people had heard that this was a good place to visit. Um, yeah. So what's your secret to uh, really transferring your knowledge to all and your art to all of these different mediums? I think it's a few things. None of them are secret, of course, but I think there's got to be what what com, what drove me to completing them is my passion. Okay. And I also don't mind working hard at all. Hard work is fine. So I was passionate. I'm willing to work hard, and I just don't give up. Uh huh. You know. So I would just figure it out till I got it. Figure it out till I got it. <laughs> there aren't that many people like that. I think it's pretty amazing. I was telling her that I know a lot of people that if, you know, she would take a, a course at Pratt, and then you you have a lot of innate talent. Be able to apply it right away to some wonderful project, you know, which a lot of people can take the course, and then, you know, they really kind of, you know, scratch their head on what to do afterward, you know, but not, but not Leslie. She, she knows which direction to go. Um, so how does that make you feel that uh, all of your art has really 
transformed West Seattle into a more appealing place. It's not everything, but it's really an additional, uh, really neat thing that has really made West Seattle special. Thank you, Pat. That's that's really sweet. What what makes it special to me is um, people that I don't know even uh, have never met will come up, will recognize me, and come up and say they appreciated this park or that park or they love this and that means so much to me it is so it's such a reward to have that now do you keep a watch on your sculptures i mean i assume that no I can't. oh you don't i can't oh okay <laughs> i'm just wondering if you ever get any graffiti or they're pretty indestructible yeah they're well, made to be that they're made to be indestructible i mean See, you can and and how did you manage to figure out how to make them indestructible research you know you did a lot of research because I see some structural failures in in sculpture. Oh, but apparently not yours because I don't think you so. did all the research. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you go about designing for a particular site? Each one is different. Um, I, 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 I start if it's for a site, then I get very site specific. I, I want to know exactly what what's happening there. I look at the names of the roads it's on. I look at the uh, what's growing around there, what used to go around there, what's its location uh, relative to the rest of the city, to the state. How about to the cosmos? You know, I just look at everything about it and pull it all together and then give it uh, characters. Well, that is pretty amazing because most people <laughs> don't have the wherewithal to even think of that. So... With that, we are going to take a little break here. We've been here talking with multimedia artist Leslie Jane on Art Beat Northwest. Stay tuned for more. From new exhibitions to community events, Bellevue Arts Museum is always new, always different, and always exciting. Right now, check out Emerge Evolve 2018. Rising talents in kiln glass, showcasing an international array of artists whose cutting-edge work in kiln glass offers new perspectives on the medium. This competition at Bullseye Glass in Portland attracted over 280 entries from 29 countries, of which a group of 40 finalists were accepted. The exhibition at Bellevue Arts Museum features work by 10 award winners from the 2018 competition alongside new works from four previous Emerge artists, illustrating the evolution of their practice. The exhibition will be at BAM until July 12, 2020. Get tickets and learn more at BellevueArts.org. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to R.B. Northwest. Did you hear that music about Luna Park? I did. Very clever. <laughs> We're talking to Leslie Jane, who has Luna Girls sculpture in Luna Park, about her sculpture and her 2D art, uh, in which she has conquered nearly every medium out there. And how do you manage to be so productive? I mean, I know you work hard. I guess it's just a... Oh, you're just lucky you got the good genes. You know, you're an artist. You have a lot of uh, drive. Uh, what else keeps you going? Passion. It's passion. Passion. Yeah, okay, passion. and you have a lot of passion. And that's what keeps you going. Oh, and imagination. Oh, imagination. Oh, yes, an idle oh. moment can get me in a lot of trouble. Imagination is the key. <laughs> So where do you see your art going in the future, Leslie? Oh, my goodness. Ah, 
I, I have lots of ideas about where to go in the future. And um, I, I look at some of the materials I've conquered or mastered in the past and go, ooh, that would be fun <laughs> to take that another step. But I, right, I'm in love with painting. And I find it to be so rewarding and so exciting. And I love the problems that I just think I'm going to be painting for quite a while. You know, but I'll painting probably... in itself can go so many different well, directions. Well, this is true. <laughs> you know, so you can use your imagination quite wildly, I'm yes. sure. Well, I'm already adding pajamas, so that'll... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, I can't think of anything too much wilder than that, although I'm sure you can. <laughs> It'll come. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, your life work is uh, just going to go into 2D now, right? Yep, that's it for a while. Mm-hmm. And do you have any big installations of 2D in mind? God, I didn't even thought about that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now well. you've started something, Pat. This is so dangerous. <laughs> anyway, she's got plenty of 2D art out there, and more is coming. You've got to see that show at Brace Point Pottery. Now, Leslie, how do people go online and take a look at some of the wonderful things that you have done? Uh, my website is a great way to to browse around, and that's www.lesliejane.com. The unusual thing about Leslie Jane is it's spelled with a Z, so it's L-E-Z-L-I-E-J-A-N-E. That's the best way to find me. I'm also on Instagram, uh, Leslie Jane Art, and uh, Facebook, Leslie Jane. And when you go there, you'll, of course, see all of her abstract art. Not all of her abstract art, but a good bit of abstract art. Uh, some representational art, and you'll be so amazed at all of these installations that she has done. But you know that's a part that's a part of her that is now kind of finished, and she's really off on another direction. I think so. You're that kind of person. You just yeah. keep zipping along and doing different things, and and uh, have a lot of fun, right? And work really hard, and have a lot of imagination, <laughs> and. We are already running out of time, Leslie, so thank you so much for coming in to share all this information about your art. It is amazing. Thank you, Pat. This was fun. Yes, it's really fun to talk with you. Um, yeah, you have to go online and find uh, all of her sculptural and 2D creations, and then, of course, her abstract art and her pajama art. <laughs> And be sure to listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. and Monday at 8.30 a.m., both drive times, for Artbeat Northwest, news and views of the local art scene. I'm your host, Pat Polly, signing off on Alternative Talk 1150. Have a great, uh, creative, uh, imaginative week. <laughs>